Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So here now our second reading of Scripture from the Gospel according to Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and the Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on, the first day of the week, When the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back as they entered the tomb. As they entered it, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. As I said at the start of our worship, Alleluia! Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And that's good news. That's good news. Isn't it? It's a little difficult to tell as Mark's gospel ends with the woman fleeing from fear at the sight of an empty tomb. This befuddling good news, though, may be exactly what we need this Easter Sunday as we begin to emerge from tombs of our own design and making as well. Tombs certainly we are familiar with. Looking back to last year, 2020, we find what those tombs were. Ongoing systemic inequities among classes, races, healthcare, education, etc. Tombs as well that were crafted by our selfishness. Yes, the majority of people chose to make the sacrifice of 
staying inside or limiting contact with others for the sake of public health and love of one another, but there is a great many others who chose to put their own desires above others selfishly. As we continue to climb out of our tombs and encounter the empty tomb of Jesus, the impact of such a sight might seem overwhelming, if not terrifying and amazing. It might even scare us. In that moment, the glue that holds it all together is Jesus, the risen Lord. Jesus is what binds us to those disciples long ago, to the women and men who first followed Jesus. Jesus is the force that holds us together as we continue Jesus' healing ministry. It's what reminds us that in the midst of fear, in the midst of the mounds of injustice and suffering, there is undoubtedly good news to be found. Okay, I hear you say, that's all good, but that doesn't make this reading from Mark any less confusing. I mean, how could the woman run away in fear? I get that. I, I get that. I really do. And I, I hear you. But for the past two millennia, Christians have looked back on this passage with 2020 hindsight vision. We know what happened. But at that moment, the woman who visited Jesus' tomb could not have been more surprised. Yes, they heard from religious teachers of their time of a general resurrection or the promise of a general resurrection, but that was supposed to be at the end of time. It was some far-off future event. They didn't have to worry about it. until they got to the tomb and saw before their very eyes that it was empty. Even if we anticipated here today the same kind of restoration, wouldn't it still be disorienting for us to step inside the empty tomb where the climax of the gospel message took place? Would we not also be confused, even frightened, at the sight of a resurrection we weren't expecting? Even in our celebration of the resurrection, Jesus manages to disrupt our anticipation of what should be, of what could be, and shows us that we can make it a reality if we are to if we could only place our trust in Jesus that draws us to God's restoration and healing. In Mark's telling of the Easter story, the disciples needed this shock and awe. They needed this kind of 
admittedly confusing moment. Because if you've heard me talk about it before, either at a Bible study or in other sermons, throughout Mark's Gospels, the disciples are really portrayed as people who are like us. The disciples can be thick-headed. They're depicted on occasions as being stubborn, egocentric, only caring about themselves, as being unattentive, and even doubtful. If you don't believe me yet, all you need to do is check out our reading from this morning for Mark who tells us that the disciples, those who ate with Jesus not too long ago, weren't even visiting the tomb. Those who ate with him were probably too scared to visit, thinking that others might be after them. What keeps us? What keeps us from running to the empty tomb with excitement, with hope? What keeps us from running to the empty tomb and embracing the Easter ministry, the Easter promise of new life and restoration that Jesus entrusted to us? The reading may not say what happened next after the woman fled, but we know, going back to that hindsight vision, we know that the disciples overcame their fear to go out and spread the good news of the gospel, to bring about not just spiritual change, but communal change. But the disciples faltering in our fears of the unknown, we find that they cannot be overcome by the promises of Jesus. Because Jesus is always waiting. Jesus is waiting for us in Galilee. Jesus is waiting, even if we run away, afraid. For Christ is one step ahead of our fearful flight. Jesus stays faithful as the eternal bonding force that holds everything together. Faithfulness that calls us to find healing, healing within ourselves and healing for others. This Easter season, as we read this passage from Mark's Gospel, we find that we are invited to participate in the silence-shattering proclamation that the promise of Jesus' resurrection would bring. The silence-shattering proclamation that the promise of Jesus' resurrection was not a one-time promise of reconciliation and healing, but an ever-evolving promise that dwells with us today. Though our first instinct is to flee, Jesus challenges us to redirect that instinct to the life-affirming, life-giving ministry of healing. Again, healing within ourselves and healing for others. You might not think that you have the power 
to do miraculous acts such as the ones Jesus did or the ones the disciples did. You might not think you have that power. However, isn't life in and of itself a miracle? And if life is a miracle, who are we to say that Christ, our living Lord, is not working through our own daily living? We are an Easter people, a resurrection people. And our discipleship will always involve an element of Easter ministry, a shedding of the old, a shedding of the ways that tear down, that put down, that cause harm and pain, and putting on the new, the newness of life that we find in Christ. That is the type of good trouble That is the type of silence shattering that Jesus wants us to carry on. Especially as we look back and we realize what we need to have let go of, what we need to gain in order to be a people who are not just only more faithful to God, but faithful to one another, to be that life-affirming presence. And none of this is possible without the sustaining and empowering presence of Jesus. It's a presence that draws our attention to the places in our soul that require silence-shattering proclamation, the proclamation of Easter, so that we might bring that same life-giving message and share its blessing with all people who we know. I want to end with this call to action that was written by a friend of mine, a colleague in ministry, Reverend Charles. And she says this, something I think that is key for us to remember this Easter. Be willing to run with hope, holding on to new possibilities. Be ready for the unbelievable. Be on the lookout for expressions of love that will heal your broken spirit. And be open to invitations of new ways of moving in your life and gifts. Will we be open? Will we be willing to run with hope, the Easter hope? I hope so. And I hope that after one long year and a year now of us beginning to climb out of our tomb, that we are able to see the ways in which we can be that life-giving presence, a presence where we embody the ministries of healing and reconciliation of Jesus Christ. Following our Lord, who is waiting for us in Galilee. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, 
God bless.